Before we get started, I wanted to mention that AWC, through its Center for Quality Communities, recently published a report called Growing the Green Economy. This report looks at separate sectors of Washington's economy that are related to sustainability, where there's a lot of uh, opportunity for growth. So if that interests you, I encourage you to check it out at cfqc.org. Again, that's cfqc.org. This is Brian Dascom with the AWC City Voice podcast, and I'm recording today on location at, uh, in Spokane for AWC's annual conference. I'm excited this afternoon to have Reese Ross with, with me. He's just finished a presentation on uh, industrial symbiosis, and Reese Roth is with the Center for Sustainable Infrastructure. Thank you for being here, Reese. I'm excited to be here, thank you. Okay, so that's what this uh, podcast is about, this concept of industrial symbiosis as it relates to economic development especially. Could you just start out by telling us uh, what is industrial symbiosis? What, is that, what does this concept mean? It's kind of an exotic term, right? Industrial symbiosis, and you might hear other terms like um, eco-industrial parks or circular economy or like, but industrial symbiosis is really pioneered by a, uh, a relatively small community city in uh, Denmark called Kalandborg, and they are the world's leading example of industrial symbiosis. They've been developing this over the last three or four decades, and I had the privilege to uh, join a delegation um, that we, we co-organized a trip to, to Scandinavia with a dozen state legislators from all parts of the state and from both sides of the aisle. So we had six Republicans and six Democrats and we visited Kalandborg and we all together took a tour and learned about their model of industrial symbiosis. And to, to describe it real simply, it's, it's the co-location of industries and facilities and, and infrastructure facilities where the waste from one facility becomes a feedstock or a resource for another to mutual economic value. And in the process, they create not only in Kalenborg, they're generating something on the order of $28 million a year in economic value for a city of 17,000 people. So that's over, you know, something on the order of $17,000 or $1,700 per person, man, woman, child, for everybody in the community every year. And at the same time, they're reducing their greenhouse gas emissions by 600,000 tons a year plus. So it's a real uh, coupling and convergence of economic benefit, local economic development, along with terrific environmental performance. Um, so that's the model that these legislators saw there. They came back looking for ways that they could uh, stand up a program or enact policy that could help communities of all shapes, all sizes, in all parts of the state kind of adopt the same kind of principles and approach uh, in Washington state. Fascinating, okay, so this, if I understood you right, this idea of industrial symbiosis at its core is simply that um, two industries uh, would be located near one another and one industry would be taking the byproduct of the other industry and putting it to beneficial reuse. Is that a good enough definition? Yep, and, and that could be uh, uh, three forms at least, uh, solid waste or material waste, uh, it could be waste energy, a lot of times thermal energy or heat uh, in a heating district, and it could be wastewater where we process recycled wastewater and it's useful uh, for many industries. Kalenborg, they have developed uh, in operation right now. This has been adapting and changing as industries change and evolve for, for 30 plus years, but they currently have 25 distinct resource sharing agreements between facilities, material, heat, water, that are generating this 28, you know, mutual economic benefit 
generating $28 million in economic value a year. Great, and so you, you got to travel to this community? Yeah, along with these legislators. And then last year, we brought another delegation from, from the city of Spokane, which is doing some really innovative work around an industrial symbiosis area and their West Plains uh, public development area. Uh, and then the city of Kennewick is, was also on the panel, and they're really working around their craft, be uh, craft be uh, beverage district around industrial symbiosis concepts. So can you tell me some of the things that have happened in Kallenberg that they've uh, found success with? One of the anchor industries is Novo Nordisk, which is one of the major pharmaceutical manufacturers. I think insulin production is happening there. Uh, and the byproducts of that, that that flow into the wastewater system are um, produce tremendous amount of uh, tremendous value in terms of biogas production that then can be utilized in, in energy production and uh, the wastewater is recycled in a wastewater circulation, recycling circulation stream within this symbiosis uh, in Kallenberg. So Novo Nordisk is, a, is an anchor tenant and, and their waste products become very valuable energy and, and water resources. Okay, so they've had some success there in Kallenberg, it sounds like. Um, what have you seen in Washington, uh, either as beginning phases of ideas or, or things that are further along in implementation? What has happened here in our home state? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of creativity being unlocked in the communities that we're having conversations with, uh, everywhere from the um, uh, city of Tacoma that the Tacoma Chamber is sort of organizing around, uh, the, the city of Port Angeles where a, a new Recycled paper mill is being designed and, and stood up, and, and uh, the Pacific Northwest National Lab is looking at opportunities to take some of the, uh, the, the air emissions from that and use it to supercharge the carbon dioxide and waste heat from that plant and use it to supercharge algae production, which then can be utilized by the Jamestown Sklalem tribe for their oyster production, or it could be used to produce biofuels. Uh, uh, so, so that's a creative symbiosis that they're looking at. Again, city of Spokane, city of Kennewick are looking at opportunities. The community of Raymond, where they're, where a sawmill, uh, it's a town of 1,700 folks, and when the sawmill closed down, uh, they lost 1,700 jobs. So they're looking at strategies with the, with the support of Department of Natural Resources to restart that mill with a sustainable supply of alder and utilize the uh, residue and byproducts from from that uh, alder processing facility to create energy and other byproducts that that will be valuable and so they're they're really inventorying the the waste streams and renewable energy resources in their community to look at uh, a m multiple processes that could create multiple value streams so we've been helping them uh, in cl collaboration with DNR to develop a tool a handy dandy tool that not only Raymond but other kind of natural resource-based communities can use in our state to assess their opportunities and kind of prioritize what the, what the best opportunities for symbiosis are in their community. Okay, very neat. Well, uh, you know, I referenced this earlier, but uh, AWC this past year did a survey of our members to try to find out what are the most important issues uh, that are facing your communities. And um, what we heard back was that the number one issue was economic development. This was a major concern for, uh, for our members and no great surprise about that. Um, one thing I'm curious about, do you know if the communities that have pursued industrial symbiosis, if they've understood that to be uh, an effort in sustainability, chiefly, uh, an effort in economic development, chiefly, or, or has it been understood as, as being both at the same time? 
I think every community has a unique set of assets and challenges. And, um, and so I think they think about this, number one, as an economic development challenge, uh, and number two as a, you know, how do we really get smart about how we invest in our infrastructure assets, our community infrastructure assets, in a way that will foster uh, long-term uh, economic sustainability and development? And, uh, and we want to do that in a way that is uh, very positive for the environment. We want to be leaders in, uh, on the environment, too. And so when those things go hand in hand together, uh, that's a good path. And so those are, that's the path they're interested in. Uh, they're not interested in uh, having to pit their economy against the environment or vice versa. They're interested in the path that can deliver both. And, and that, that is very much a path that's uh, available if we're smart. Right, that's <clears throat> that's encouraging to hear. I, I did uh, I did notice we had a very engaged audience uh, and a lot of good questions. And one of them w it was a question uh, where someone seemed to say, um, if there are financial incentives to having these these industries co-located, if there's financial incentives to um, selling a byproduct that I have to someone else, if there are financial incentives to taking someone else's byproduct, um, it seems to be the uh, the sort of natural way that the the market works to find those efficiencies and to take advantage of them. Um, so even without a, a concept of industrial symbiosis, wouldn't this be happening al already? And uh, so I wonder what new, um, what kind of new skills or tools does the concept of industrial symbiosis bring to the typical economic development um, kind of effort? Well, particularly for, for small businesses or even a business the size of McKinley Paper, which is, uh, you know, working to restart a, a, a paper mill in Port Angeles on a, on a pretty large scale and take in 250,000 tons of recycled cardboard a year and turn it into valuable product. That is a pretty much all-consuming kind of mm -hmm. enterprise and, and startup of a small business is an all-consuming enterprise. So it's uh, the idea of trying to um, at the same time figure out how you can partner up with to take advantage of the waste stream over here and an opportunity over here, um, uh, it's hard to create that kind of space in, in the per, in, in the in the minds and, and and daily work plan of of business leaders. So, to the extent that community economic development leaders can broker that, facilitate that, and start to see how pieces can be fit together to mutual advantage, hugely helpful to the businesses involved. Particularly if there's and obviously there needs to be a business case in every one of those transactions. So. That's one of the barriers, I think, to it happening is, is just how difficult and how challenging it is to, to run a business, to build a business, and to start a new business in, in our communities. Absolutely, so it helps to have somebody who's got that frame of mind um, of how can, these, how can your byproducts be not simply a, a burden to you and a cost to you, but also a, um, an asset that can, uh, that can actually help your business. It's helpful to have somebody who's championing that idea. Yep. And our infrastructure investments as communities um, can be true assets to facilitate that kind of symbiosis to, to mutual economic development benefit. Um, conventional infrastructure planning and investment doesn't really take that into account or doesn't really seek those kind of uh, opportunities for innovation and partnership. Uh, so, so it's a little bit of a new way for public works uh, directors and for economic developers to uh, economic development officials within communities to team up and coordinate and integrate their strategies. Now you bring up infrastructure, and it was one thing I was wondering: is uh, as a city considers these this type of economic development, 
Um, who is typically, and maybe there's not a typical answer, but um, is there typically a way uh, to think about infrastructure development? Um, are the industries tending to develop the infrastructure to share their resources among themselves? If, I'm, if, I, if I've got a, a, a power plant, for instance, that has thermal commodities that are coming out of it, I've got some waste heat, um, should I assume that the city is going to build the, the insulated lines that carry that waste heat to my neighbor? Or is that something we as industries are gonna create? Um, is, is a city, should they be thinking there's gonna be a lot of upfront capital expense to this? Or am I gonna have to maintain these, a new kind of infrastructure that I haven't used before? What are the infrastructure considerations? It's a great question. And, and infrastructure investments are, it's really important to think about this kind of stuff up front. Uh, how do we optimize this? How do we integrate between infrastructure uh, development and economic development because these are infrastructure is meant to be around for 20, 30, 40 years. So um, it, these decisions are really important. And so if we just kind of roll out conventional approaches that just kind of serve in, in a responsive fashion rather than a proactive facilitatory uh, kind of approach, uh, we won't get these kind of synergies uh, and, and really optimize economic development. We need to be uh, thoughtful about how we can uh, maximize maximize the long-term economic development. Where do we want to go in our local economy and how can infrastructure support that? Now, Reese, uh, I want to ask, is there anything that's happened perhaps in the last 10 or 15 years that's made this concept of industrial symbiosis especially pertinent to cities, uh, maybe in a way that it, that it hasn't always been? Well, the, the for cities, there's a disruptive crisis going on in terms of their waste management systems and they've been um, they've been engaging their communities in collecting recycled materials for for, for decades now um, but we've and, and the the producers of the products that kind of we all buy and then we recycle at the curb or throw it to garbage they're not designing those products with the end of life in mind so that they're they really maximize the value uh, and that those are clean and recyclable and they can be turned easily into new products at local industries. They've just been designing those products and we've, and, and the cities uh, have been left to kind of figure out what to do with the stuff that we take out to the curb and recycle. What the answer has been for a few decades has been let's ship that off to China and they will handle the actual recycling into new products. But China's shut the door in the last uh, year 18 months with their national sword pro program and said uh, this stuff's too contaminated and it's too messy and, and it's it's not valuable and we're not going to take it anymore and and so that's left cities holding the bag and it's a real problem and so we're faced with sort of a deep rethink about okay what what is the future of recycling and how can how can we turn these this this new cost center uh, into a resource. Can we can we turn this material into value locally and maybe revitalize local industry? Uh, and so there's a there's a lot to that challenge, but cities are right in the midst of it. And I think industrial symbiosis can be part of the answer. Yeah, and it occurs to me that's a, certainly a, a challenge that cities here in Washington face, but that the rest of the cities in the rest of the nation face as well. If we were able to develop some kind of 
um, great industrial symbiosis examples here in Washington. How can that be shared out? Is that anything that you're, the, the, is there anything that as well? And we believe there's a real opportunity for Washington, Washington State to emerge as a, a national leader in clean manufacturing and industrial symbiosis. And that's really the aspiration behind a bill uh, that Senator Sharon Brown from the Tri-Cities and Representative Beth Dolio from uh, Thurston County, uh, who are part of the delegation to Scandinavia that we talked about, that they led in the 2019 session. And the outcome of that, uh, with tremendous bipartisan collaboration, is that the Department of Commerce will be doing a study to recommend to the 2020 legislature uh, how to stand up a program that can help communities in all parts of the state, communities of all shapes and sizes, to develop their, to sort of convert their assets uh, and resources into uh, industry and economic value in clean manufacturing. And I think there's a real opportunity for Washington State to sort of build on the Kalendborg industrial symbiosis model and extend it further by, uh, by utilizing, integrating in the utilization of recycled material streams, utilization of renewable energy, local renewable energy that's abundant, and even integrate in uh, research and development uh, through our world-class um, research institutions that we have in this state. So with those three pieces added on to the basic industrial symbiosis model, Washington could be a leader not only nationally but potentially globally in industrial symbiosis. Well, that's, that's encouraging to hear. Now, I know after your popular presentation and after this podcast, uh, economic development managers and city leaders across Washington are going to be primed uh, to be curious and want to know more about uh, industrial symbiosis. So where can they go and what can they do as kind of a next step? I think our, our, our organization, the Center for Sustainable Infrastructure, can be a resource and, and help connect uh, the economic development and, and local leaders to uh, some, some pathways where they can move on this stuff. So I'd point to the website uh, for the Center for Sustainable Infrastructure, sustaininfrastructure.org org. Sustaininfrastructure.org. All right, and we'll put a link to that website in our uh, in the notes of the podcast so people are able to easily find it. Reese, thanks again uh, for your time, not just in the session, but also in this podcast. I know this information is especially valuable to our members, so thank you for your time. Thanks, Brian. Great to talk to you, and we really appreciate AWC's leadership on all the important issues for our cities. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>